really. <laughs> Ain't ready for the shit. <laughs> Good morning, folks. Uh, we've successfully talked for uh, almost an hour now, and so I think we're going to get started with the show. This is the Dead Man's Coffee Club. I'm Tyler Fleming. I'm Anthony Fisher. What's going on? And, uh, oh, shit, what did you call it? What are we in right now? We're in the, uh, the, the off-season? Oh, this is off-season. Yeah, we're in the off-season now, folks. Yeah, I think the first, uh, 15 or so episodes that we've recorded are all up and available on iTunes, and we're just kind of stepping back for a moment and still kind of maintaining the the practice of conversation and, you know, meaningful conversation at that, but we are taking a step back from the weekly uploads on iTunes. Uh, it'll probably be available on some other platform. We're still kind of navigating that now, but um, yeah, this is just us maintaining that deliberate practice, maintaining our weekly conversations, and um, while they will still be made available, uh, they'll probably for a time be made available elsewhere until season two of the Dead Man's uh, Coffee Club begins and is uploaded on iTunes. So this is kind of like an interlude, a, you know, um, it's like, yeah, like the off-season. It's perfect kind of analogy, right? Like Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for it, but, like, that's wasn't really planned on when we took this off season, right? When season one came to it, and <laughs> it kind of just happened to us. It kind of happened. Um, life just happens. Yeah, life just happens, and, and you adapt. Adjustments. Um, but the Dead Man's Coffee Club is not dead. It's just uh, it's taking a, a a different path for a while, and I think in the end it'll prove to um, be a good one. Right, because we've learned some very meaningful lessons even in just that, and we've gotten clarity on the direction that we want to go with it um, during this off season. So, and maybe one day we'll share with you all the things that have happened during the off season, but uh, <laughs> those may or may not just remain conversations that Anthony and I had at 4 a.m. on Saturday mornings when. We were both in a place of transition, we can say. Yeah, the uh, the price on these pre-shows will be exponentially higher because we don't want to dis- disclose a whole lot of that. Um, but for a nominal fee, we might. Also, they'd be difficult <laughs> to re- release because we didn't record them. <laughs> you can't say these things until... I have been catch-apped the money. And then we'll be like, oops, sorry about that. But I will compensate you <laughs> some other way. Yes, yeah, so, um, yeah, we've been... We, we've both been in transitional spaces. We can, we can say it now. Yeah, so um, I've, I've taken a new job here in Atlanta, so my family... 
and I are settling in. Uh, we're technically here, but we've still got a foot in Albany because um, we've got to pack up a house and tie up a few loose ends there and potentially pay a lease through November. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. Uh, God is faithful, and we're going to make it through. But, um, yeah, I started my new job on Monday. I've got about five weeks of training, and um, and then I go for it. But in the meantime, I've still been trying to uh, dig deep into my habits and my deliberate practice and find new ways of, um, you know, implementing those things and coming up with uh, even, you know, better, more refined practices. So, so, if you guys don't follow Anthony, it's at Anthony Fisher, A-N-T-H-O-N-E-Y-F-I-S-H-E-R. You need to do that because um, he's refining, he's underselling what he's doing. He's refining his practice in a way that, um, like, he's not making a big deal out of it, but what he's doing is a big deal, right? He's made an, he's making adjustments that his, are not what he used to do, right? So he's being flexible in his practice. By far. But it's, he's, potentially could be argued, right, is maybe getting even more done and giving himself even more time in solitude, which is probably refreshing, that allows you to bring more energy to your day and then have more when you get home. Um, I don't know, because we didn't yeah, talk thank about you. that part. Thank you. It's, it's um, even just what you were describing earlier, right? Like the adjustment you made in your breathing, which I've been doing a ton of that too. Not necessarily, I, I, I do a, quite a bit of box breathing, but like, just like, I'll just repeat like one breath over and over again. Like just like mindfully like inhaling through my nose and then exhaling for longer out my mouth. I like the holds, like, of box breathing, but, like, sometimes, especially in times of high stress, like, just the, like, consistent release. Yeah. Does a, does a bit of good, but I've been doing that a ton while you're driving, and so, hey, we're while I'm driving. All to say, if you're not following Anthony, what are you doing? <laughs> He's one of the hosts. If you're even listening to this, you should be following Anthony, and paying attention to his uh, deliberate practice because it's and, um, and the same applies I mean I, I think the the beauty of what we do is um, a part of that that beauty is the different perspectives right like that's those are things that that are sharpening us so me being able to listen to you and to see your life um, mm -hmm. as it unfolds and to hear your perspective being open and being receptive to that uh, helps to to sharpen me and helps to equip me with better tools 
um, for my morning and for my day and for my my life. So uh, seriously, people, um, if you are following this show, if you listen to it, um, you should probably uh, consider following uh, our individual accounts because the act of being a dead man, so to speak, happens there more than it does on the Dead Man's Coffee Club uh, Instagram page. So you what get to is see the Dead Man's Coffee Club Instagram page. Do we even add anything? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just where we throw up the episode for the day. Uh, <laughs> which, sorry, folks, I'm a terrible steward. Uh, but we'll get to it. We'll get around to it. What's going on with you, man? Uh, not What's a whole lot. So, well, not a whole lot. Everything. <laughs> um, so, because I'm resigning on Monday anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so I've accepted a teaching position at a elementary school, teaching physical education in Detroit. Um, so I will no longer be working at the high school that I've been at for the last two years, which feels really good. Um, I'm very excited to uh, continue to refine my craft teaching and kind of yep. seeing how I can continue to evolve in that way. And to work on some things that will allow me to lead more in that way and uh, for the last two days I've been at a training for design thinking um, which is something that the school that I'm at takes very seriously and thinks is very important so it's cool to be at a place where I was talking to one of the women yesterday where she said or I was saying like it's cool to be at a place where curiosity is you know encouraged and she's like it's expected you know, to be curious oh, that's is, awesome. is to be is, is expected, and um, that's that's really powerful, I think, um, because I think we uh, we live in a in a world and have an education system that is afraid to ask questions and afraid to be wrong and afraid to make mistakes and afraid to do these things. Yeah, and so it holds on to an old system as opposed to allowing it to evolve and grow. And so I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Love my all the students I've ever taught, but uh, this is this is a, a better move for me. Yeah, I, 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 and I think it'll be really refreshing, too. I think what's interesting is that, you know, the both of us are taking um, new gigs, but... You know, in, in their own right and respect, both of our jobs are using language that over the last year, two years, maybe more for you, um, using language that uh, has been kind of near and dear to who we're becoming, right? Yeah. Uh, like, I haven't heard the word feedback so much um, since I started this job yeah. or um, 
empathy. That's and so, that's so the cool. fact that uh, they are encouraging feedback, and one of the things that's repeated is, you know, feedback is a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that's repeated at at work, and so being able to hear that, being able to say, "Hey, I'm 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 gonna fuck it up sometime," um, but that's cool. As long as you can give me the tools to make the adjustments that I need to make to become more efficient, to become better at this thing. So I think that's really interesting that, you know, curiosity for you um, and feedback on my end, like those are things that we've talked about and things that we hold dear and lo and behold, we're both taking jobs where those things are valued. And that's really refreshing after not maybe ever having that yeah no I think it's super important and um, I also think that both of us transitioning to new positions but also continuing to do the Dead Man's Coffee Club um, is going to be a really cool way for us to in some ways document a little bit of that and um the different challenges that have arisen like when it becomes appropriate to talk about some of those challenges like yeah and how we've tried to deal with them and things like that yeah um i think that will be very cool for the dead man's coffee club because kind of when we started this which i can't remember what month we started recording it was in march April? I think it was. It was. It was the tail end of winter. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So it, it had to be early on in the year. And um, so it's it's been a while, right? And while we've only released fifteen or so episodes every Saturday morning, for the most part, with a couple things here or there where we recorded on a different day of the week or we talked. Anthony and I have gotten on the phone or on the Facetimes and recorded or had a conversation and what should be noted and what I hope starts to happen more with the Dead Man's Coffee Club is that uh, in these times of transition um, Anthony and I have talked more than once a week right yeah. we, we, on a much more regular basis we've been on the phone having conversations grappling with some of these more challenging moments in life um, and giving each other feedback and our opinions on how we might <clears throat> work through these challenges um, in a way that embodies the values that we hold dear. Breeze, come here. Badass dog. Come Badass here. There, guard dog. Come on. Who is no dark guard dog at all? He's <laughs> a big fluff ball who can't see anything because his hair's in his eyes and he won't let us trim it. He's so goofy. Um, but yeah, that's it's just a thought that I just had and might be a segue. And it's it's a great segue into uh, what we were going to talk about. Oh well, what I was going to say before that. I'll go for was it. to introduce our little side projects a little bit more. Ooh. 
Let's do that. Uh, so, so, like, kind of we can hit some of the key, like, update information, and then we can dive into this topic that I think yeah, is a really yeah. good one, but... Um, yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, so, side projects, go yeah. for it. Oh, Take shit. the lead. God damn it. Well, I'm going to have to take the lead on the... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, so, um, over the past month, maybe a little bit plus, Anthony and I have decided that... We love the Dead Man's Coffee Club, but for each one of us, right, our deliberate practice is a little bit different, right? Like the thing that um, we value most, not, it's not even the thing we value most, but the thing we have to do, right? The thing that we, uh, we can't not do, as Chris Moore once said, right? The thing that we want to really refine our practice in is a little bit different from each other, which is, which right. is great. That's part of why we have different perspectives on a lot of things, which is why this conversation works so well. But that we wanted to cre each create our own little space to um, to share this, to share our journey, our um, our process of deliberate practice. And so what that is going to look like is uh, two kind of sub-shows, two more solo projects. And- Right. Um, Complementary pieces, yeah. if you will. To give a little bit more context, um, yeah. Chris Moore uh, proved to be a very important, and we didn't know this actually when we, uh, it's become more apparent over time that was important for both Anthony and I. Breeze. Um, and he once said that doing a solo show was incredibly powerful for his personal growth. Right? Yeah. Because he was, it put him in a situation where he, it's just him and the microphone yep. and the upload button. And whatever you speak into the microphone, it, it becomes a little bit more scary and it expedites the growth process a little bit further and gives you a little bit more focus to that process. And so um, that's kind of part of the reason why. Yeah. You, you know, one thing that I noticed uh, when recording my first episode was that your energy is the only one present right like here where we're talking whenever there's a lull whenever there's a gap or when there's something that comes to mind you know we can kind of interject or um you know kind of bounce ideas and thoughts off of one another or right. help to develop an idea uh, a little bit better but when we're doing our solo shows you are alone right and there is no other energy but your own and so you are put in a position where you are not only speaking but you are also putting a microscope to the words that you say and to the amount of ums and to the gaps in your sentences and your thoughts and what it's doing is helping to perfect 
our ability to tell stories, uh, to orate, and, um, you know, just to be better at this whole thing. You know, it helps us to also, I think, develop our individual perspectives a little bit more. I mean, exactly. And I think we can, we don't need to do the intro for both shows, but we can kind of like give a general kind of idea of them um, because they're different but very similar like they're different yep. and similar in, in a lot of ways and I'm sure they'll mirror each other in different ways just like and, we are and likely talk about similar topics to each other but it allows for a space where like in this we and I, I, this is part of what I love about it is we're able to balance one another and like bounce ideas off each other and our different perspectives are in the conversation Right, but right. in a solo deal, it's just your ideas, your perspective, your words, and right. it allows you to like, okay, if I record something this week, three weeks down the road, I might have a completely different perspective, you know. And I was I, when I was messaging that person yesterday, I was like, well, we haven't had guests yet, right? You know, mm-hmm. actually. In there being two hosts, right? It's there's there's a bit of we kind of have two guests every week, right? Like every week, yeah. Is that we we're the the guests on the show? We're I mean the co-host, but like we're the guests on the show, so we our perspectives matter to the deal. But in a solo show, it's just one perspective and really refining and just refining that perspective yeah. and. A, and put, again, putting a, a fire to the process and putting a magnifying glass on yourself um, as you grow. So, do you want to give a brief intro yeah. to your show? So, so briefly, um, I started a blog uh, about a year and some change back, and I'm terrible at maintaining them, but it's something that I am hoping to add back to my my practice and so the blog is you can find it it's at middlegroundedblog.wordpress.com and so the name of my show which is in conjunction with this blog is uh is called middle grounded and so what it is for me is um and I, i talk about it in the first episode through a story in the first three minutes um, about binaries and uh, dichotomies and not ascribing um, paving a path of your own straight down the middle and challenging everything that you think you know and so what I what I'm doing with this show is I'm, I'm writing and I'm reading, so I'm practice, practicing uh, my ability to write and to tell stories. But uh, I'm also asking questions the week prior to recording so that I can answer them to the best of my knowledge on the spot. I'm not preparing like this is some debate, but I am answering questions uh, that are submitted By me. to... <laughs> What I said by me. <laughs> oh yeah, typically by you because, dude, I got like 
over 80 views on the video that picture oh yeah uh asking for questions and i got one response yeah. like guys just just type something in there's <laughs> gotta be screen, something there's screen, gotta be something you're just curious screenshot about. that and just be like it doesn't have to be deep just ask something like. <laughs> right <laughs> but um so you know it's 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 a way of constantly challenging what i think i know and developing and perfecting my worldview yeah and that's what the blog was about um that's what the podcast is about um and while there will be faith undertones because of who i am um you know i've even noticed like my language and my thoughts um kind of shifting and changing and transforming um so you'll notice that too uh you know on the show so i've had the opportunity to listen to the intro to the show before it was released with the show and and then listen the first episode ahead of you guys sorry i mean if you want to (laughs) be one of the regular hosts of the Dead Man's Coffee Club, maybe you can get to listen to stuff before <laughs> it comes out too. But Get the exclusive. Um, I don't pay for it. Um, but Anthony's a brilliant storyteller. And, um, Thanks, man. Especially, like, I mean, his w- written words are wonderful, but then also the way in which he communicates them verbally or orally or whatever um, is incredibly powerful. And I think you all will greatly enjoy and be able to um, feel Anthony through his podcast. Um, I think one of the things that people are looking for in the world is a bit of soul, right? Um, That there's a lot of plastic in the world, right? There's a lot of things that are just manufactured, and when things lack that organic kind of feel to them, um, you know, we're not as inclined to actually give it as much attention. Yeah. For example, and I hate to hate on them, but I'm going to, who am I going to talk about? Uh, I assume you're talking about Public Enemy Number One, which is uh, the Barbell Shrug podcast. <laughs> yes, though Scott was just the 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 artist formerly known as oh the Barbell Shrug podcast. So yeah, I mean it, um, and I think they're trying to. They, I think they recognize that, and they're trying to get new voices in that helps them shift. But um, Barbell Shrug lost. A bit of soul in well a huge bit of soul when so when when Chris passed and wasn't and I don't know if they were able to um, bring that back right and I don't know if that feel that visceral feel right where it felt like a wood like a wood grain tabletop or like some old bricks or something like that like something that you know has seen some things, right? Right. Um, and it wasn't just, like, made all pretty in some perfect little place. 
that's the feel that I get with Anthony's stuff, right? In in thanks, a, man. In a three minute intro, I told him this. In three minute intro, right? There's like so much potency. It, it it's just like it's just dripping with potent. Like it's just it's amazing. So please do yourself a favor. Listen to his podcast when it comes out on all formats because he's figuring out all the technology. Anthony's crushing him. Crushing him. Thank you. Visit his blog because when this random guy with a beard from Georgia hit me up, that was the first thing I went to. I was like, let me go check out this blog. Chief <laughs> Man is legit. <laughs> and turns out um, he, he's an amazing writer and has lived hell of a life and is living a, a very cool life so and then um i don't even know what the fuck i'm gonna call it but uh this podcast that i'm working on is rolling on this idea of the lighthouse yeah and i've gone i went through about 10 names yesterday I, i've changed the instagram handle maybe 10 times you change it again no not since that okay. last one okay um so, uh, I did record the first, was that, was that yesterday or a couple of days ago? It was a couple of days ago, but I think you released and then, yes. uh, yes. withheld. Yeah. Yesterday. So I released it yesterday via this random Google site that I can't tell you what the URL is cause I don't know it. Um, <laughs> Anthony's Anthony is going to help fix that all because he's figured out a way to <laughs> to share podcasts for free but um <clears throat> uh, so I think I'm going to go with fur fur rock I think that's going to be it because just the word fur which means lighthouse in Swedish um is taken as like a handle and Rock Garage Gym was go- was an idea that I had about a month and a half ago yeah. for for what I was going to call the gym run out of my garage. And my son, my super son, helped me think of the name. So I don't want to let that completely die. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it'll be called Fire Rock. Um, kind of looks like Fire Rock, honestly, which is kind of cool. Um and it's going to be exploring the value of um, being a lighthouse, but, or becoming a lighthouse, excuse me. The main focus for my podcast will be my deliberate practice into fitness. And even just that word fitness has been a uh, barrier for me for some time. Yeah. I just haven't liked the word. I felt like it was an exclusive kind of word. I felt like a lot of, I had a lot of feelings about it that were built off a bunch of different political ideas and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> while it seems on the edge, just talking about fitness seems pretty basic, right? Everybody talks about fitness. Um, for me, just to like say I'm going to study fitness is breaking down a huge mental spiritual barrier that I've created for myself and allow myself to explore performance and data and like the details of the science behind things 
and I've operated on principles, the basics as I call them, for a long time, which is dope, principles are super important, but sometimes we got to get into the nitty gritty, and so that's what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be playing with ideas, I'm going to be researching, part of it is um, what my friends at uh, Strongest on the Field Radio would call Show Me Coach. Um, it's having not only a deliberate practice in the uh, research, in the knowledge, but also the application. Right. And so um, I'm going to be exploring the fitness. <laughs> and it, the first little nugget that I dropped in that first episode is about uh, breathing. And I didn't get super deep. It was just talking about one breath. But uh, I'm, I'm really stoked for this little side project. And I think combined, these little side projects will only help the Dead Man's Coffee Club grow. And uh, move forward in an even more positive way. And hopefully, and this is the thing that I really hope starts to happen, is that we're able to build a bit of a community of folks who are committed to their version of like the 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 process, you know. Right. Cuz currently um we have four listeners. I'm just kidding. We we, we all we got. <laughs> we might have more. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, what's this topic for the day? All right. So, um over the last couple of days I have been consuming a lot of headspace thinking about um, manhood and not in the the traditional sense or and by traditional sense what I mean is how we as Americans perceive manhood but um, what when, when we strip all of the the like the national and hemispheric like context away from it like kind of what stands and so this morning I thought we would just kind of have a candid conversation about what makes a man Um, because I think that there are a lot of uh, conflicting ideas and I'm sure that as we get into this conversation uh, Tyler and I will probably have an idea or two that uh, conflict, but the reason for this conversation and for conversations like these is because ultimately we are trying to learn. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of something that um, we've been doing as the Dead Man's Coffee Club. We've been doing as individuals, and this is again part of that culture that we are kind of striving to uh, to create. Um, and so when we talk, we're trying to sharpen our perspective because we both acknowledge that our perspectives have holes. We both acknowledge that, uh, you know, at our, at our age, we still have, um, years and experience that, um, you know, have not been able to contribute to that worldview yet. And so conversations like these help. Um, so, yeah, with that, uh, what makes a man? 
Yes. It's an interesting question. It's a good question. It's important. Um, let's just, you know, get into it and we'll see where it goes. But one of the yeah. first things that popped into my head this morning um, was my grandfather. Um, okay. My maternal grandfather. Um, I didn't know my paternal grandfather that well. He passed when I was two, but... Uh, the guy who his middle name is taken after, Lewis, Lewis Hapke, um, he used to say, Tyler, you're a good man. And I'd be like, I'm working on it all the time. Yeah. But this idea of being a good man, what does that mean? And if I maybe look at some of his actions, right, what does that mean? And so my grandfather always tried to take care of his family. Like, I'll just, that's the first little nugget I'll throw into the conversation, right? Yeah. He tried to take care of his family, whether that be through finances, whether that be, uh, yeah, take care of your family. That's maybe something. Yeah. And and I I think that there's a lot there. Um, Definitely. I think. As, as a man, you acknowledge, right, that you have particular responsibilities and duties, um, but you don't necessarily look at those things as responsibilities and duties as much as maybe you try to look at them as a privilege, things right? Get to do. So it's something I get to do. Yeah. Um, so even with my wife and my daughter um i get to i have the privilege of um doing my best to take care of them uh to make sure that their needs are provided for as best as i'm able and um yeah i think i think that that is extremely valuable uh, to this conversation 100% I, I'm reminded of something that John Wilborn said and it was something along the lines of like a, a guy who you know pays the pays all the bills and like is oh shoot I for, kind of forgot the other part maybe you know it but like pay, <laughs> pay, pays the bills and like is present right like is doing a lot right yeah Even just, like, doing that is um, sometimes a lot more than some people are doing, right? Yeah. Um, And he probably developed that perspective because, at least from what I know from the exterior, his dad worked a lot. His dad was a lawyer. And he said his dad would always be up at, like, 4 or whatever in the morning and would work really late as well. So he didn't always see his dad as much, but his dad always made sure, like, that that shit was taken care of. Yeah. Um, And... And, and might I add to that point, and I've heard this in regards to um, being a parent before, but I do want to put it in within the context of manhood that, um, you know, there's a difference between parenting your child and um, just tolerating them, right? Right. And so the same is applicable to being men, that there is a tremendous difference 
in tolerating your responsibilities um, and having the biological factor that makes you a man um, and actually kind of waking up every morning and putting on that mantle, you know, putting on that, uh, you know, subjecting yourself to that responsibility and taking it on head on so every I'm, day. Yeah, I'm reminded of the idea of torque. Um, so Julian Pinnell from Strong Fit, he, so he's been playing with this idea of internal and external torque. And the way he describes torque is the intent, the intent of the movement, right? And mm-hmm. so, if you're creating internal torque, it's like if you punched your fist and it rotates in inward, right? Except it's just the intent. So your your hand doesn't need to rotate, right? If you wake up with the intent, the intent of and, and the purpose and you walk Mm -hmm. through life with that intent and that purpose towards being a good man and being a man and and taking and taking on the responsibilities as things you get to do right like Mm -hmm. i get to wake up early and yeah you know do some things that like prepare me to like fucking crush the day so that when i'm there like i'm not the person who's like i'm so tired like, no, why would I say that? Yeah. I, I get to be here, right? And yep. sure, we probably lose listeners by my kid doing a little <laughs> babbling in the background. But guess what? I get to spend, like, my kid is asleep on my lap right now. I get yep. to do that. And there is nothing better than that to me right 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 and so maybe and this is i don't i don't know if this is relevant but maybe um i don't know if anyone's said this as relates to being men but a bit of gratitude is Mm. in some form or fashion right for like so like you get the things done right but having gratitude for the opportunity to get things done right yeah. the opportunity to like try and be better every day right the intent to be better every day like to be a, a better parent or a better partner or like if not saying that you're going to crush it every day because so many people know how terribly I have not crushed it but <laughs> um to wake up every morning with gratitude to be able to try to do the thing better every day. Yeah. Um, like, and I, yeah, like I a think, commitment I think. to that process of I don't want to be a shitty man. Like I don't yeah. want to be a guy who like, because and not that I'm bigger than that many people, right? But like men are bigger than some women, right? And yeah. and and are usually bigger than most children until they're like teenagers or whatever. To like I don't no one, well I don't know if no one but it would is 
to me, being a man is not about trying to assert your power over someone, right? right? Like, which is what some people could do. Like, they wake up, oh, I'm a man because I can assert my power over people. No, no, right. Part of being a man is because I get to try and do this thing better every day. Like, yeah. I try and provide better. I, and then we can, I guess we could define what the things are you get, you try and do better every day. But, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, let me just insert here uh, to that point that, again, you know, and, and to, like, our previous point, uh, the biological factor is not enough. Um, because there are teenagers, there are children, teenagers are children, that have as much bass in their voice as I do, that are my size, um, you know, those you qualities, nothing, bro. what's that? I'm, I'm sure in your high school there were big kids, but like, man, or college, or whatever, I've had some big yeah, students. Yeah, I don't know what they're putting in the water, but <laughs> yeah, kids are way bigger than they were when I graduated, um, but, you know, the, the biological factor is not enough. You waking up, rolling out of bed, and, uh, you know, scratching what's between your legs does not make you a man. The fact that you wake up in the morning and you hear, you know, the bass as you grumble does not make you a man. Um, it has everything to do with um, the, the internal. It has everything to do with the intentional and um, with, with character. And until we get to a point where we look at those things as driving manhood um, versus biological factors, right. um, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to raise a culture of adult boys. Um, you know, until we cultivate um, this... I guess, you know, sense of responsibility uh, to not just your family, but to your community and to the world around you until we, uh, you know, have these conversations where we talk about gratitude and intentionality and becoming better. Until these things happen, um, we're just a bunch of boys, you know, walking around in business clothes. Right. Um, as you know, thirty and forty and fifty year olds, um, this is not about um, tolerating this this mantle. It has everything to do with accepting it and you know running forward with it. Definitely. So definitely, and it, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's something you have to own, and you have to own in your own way too, right? Like yeah. it's. Because I think there, we, like, the idea of be a man, right, like, there's so many uh, societal kind of perspectives on what that means, and maybe there's truth yeah. to some of them, maybe there's not, but, like, as someone who, like, in my, the years of really becoming a man, like, there was no adult biological male in my household, right? Um, yeah. And so you have to 
or I had to look to other folks as far as like, okay, what are some of the characteristics of people? And like, I still do that, right? Like you still, still make observations like what, <clears throat> how can I refine how I operate to be, I mean, like, just be a better man, be a better human, but like, if we're going to keep it to, to be a, a better man, um, what are the, the characteristics of, what are the characteristics, what are the values of a man that is, and I'm, I always just think good man because of what my grandfather said, right? Like, yeah. be a good man. Um, or John Wellborn, his be a simple man. Um, but uh, be a good man uh, is that's my goal. So, mm-hmm. like, how do we define that though? Yeah. You know, like, how do we? I def- think go go for it. Uh, there's there's one one thing that uh, that I was thinking about. Um, this is dope, by the way. Good 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 topic. Thanks, man. Um, men are builders. Um, that's a very vague statement, but let me dig into it. Um, you and I have talked about the the idea of mending the broken, right? Um, but I think it, it transcends that. So men are builders. So on one hand, uh, we have a responsibility to build our bodies, uh, good stewardship over this human husk that we have. Yeah, that um, we get to have. Right? That we get to have, that we have the privilege of having. Um, so building strong bodies so that we are capable um, so that we can do things but also so that we have the ability if ever um, if we ever need it to defend mm-hmm. right so I want to be sure that I have uh, created enough um, physical practice that in in me I've developed a man who is able to protect my wife and my daughter if I ever need to. Yeah. Not not to say that I want to rough somebody up, but if I have to, I'm capable of doing it. Right. Also, um, again, capable bodies. So I should be strong enough and able enough that at 30 and hopefully at 50 and then at 70 I can take the groceries inside I can tie my shoe I can move this from here to there I can do tasks without having to uh, infringe uh, you know on anybody else's time um, or you know ability and so being able to do that for myself, but being able to also do that for others so that I can lend a helping hand um, when, when it's ever needed. Yeah. Um, men build. They also, you know, part of, of building is uh, filling cracks. Uh, it's mending what's, what's broken. And so it is also being equipped um and, and being strong emotionally. I, I think that a big part of it is uh, being aware of your emotions. 
um, being in control of your emotions. I've been saying this to my daughter over the last couple of days, and it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but it's it's kind of one of those lessons. You know how Scott McGee from the Sisu Way uh, tells his his boy to you know to get up strong, right? Um, you know, whenever my daughter has has had a fit of rage. <laughs> one thing that I've been saying to her over the last few days is, you know, you control your emotions. Your emotions do not control you. Yeah. So you are, you are not, your emotions are not your puppet master. Your emotions are a part of you. It's okay to express them. But at the end of the day, you control that thing about you 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 are aware of them um and you know how to express them you don't suppress your emotions but again i feel like there's a fine line between expressing your emotions and being driven by them um but with that that self-awareness um it gives you and I the opportunity uh, to notice the cracks and to notice uh, the faults. Um, not, you know, you know, and by fault, I mean, you know, like structural integrity fault, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to notice those things and to be capable emotionally of helping one another and helping other people fix those faults. So, yeah, definitely. I think um, that's, that's all very, very good stuff. Um, while you're talking just now, I was thinking about like what you, you said to your daughter and how, like for my super son, like things that I could say for him and <laughs> be a lighthouse could be a thing um, yeah I agree and I say that as a person who was as a kid I was like very angry and had zero control over my emotions and would just uh, outwardly express physically some something that was broken inside right and mm-hmm. it's only been honestly th- this past year and really this past couple months right like when we've been talking about it I mean maybe a little bit longer than that but that I have felt calm yeah right when like shit's going crazy <laughs> like when when the storms are raging yeah and you're able to be mindful of where you're at emotionally right like you can you can even be angry or upset or whatever but like be mindful of it so that it doesn't overtake you right so that right like you said, you're able to um, choose how you respond to situations. And 
So that was one thought that I agree with and just maybe a different perspective on it that like maybe connects with some other people. And then also the, what I'm also hearing is like a commitment to the process. Um, He's kind of necessary to be a man, right? Like, and whether that's, um, building a body or building a family or whatever or mending or whatever that that it doesn't just happen one day right yeah you have to embrace the little things the little steps to the process that are going to support you becoming whatever you know you envision for yourself your family your community all of these yeah. things. Um, yeah. So let's. I think that also continue. that also includes like, and a part of that is um, identifying your shortcomings. Yeah. Feedback. Like, exactly. I'm going to get more coffee. Do your thing, brother. But I got to take the computer with, otherwise. We, we keep talking. I, don't, I just yeah yeah. So um, it's it's one thing again to look at mending what's as being our responsibility to others to to build them up um, to help to correct the the flaws and the faults, but it should also be directed inwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I should be constantly looking at ourselves in a manner of um, self-improvement. And how how do we continually uh, develop in ourselves uh, habits and practices that help us to be better men? So it's, it's never going to be a point where you and I have arrived you know, where you and I have um, mastered manhood, but it is a manhood is a journey. Yeah. Um, it is it is a, a cycle. Like I'm reminded of uh, Joseph Campbell. It's, uh, the hero's journey. Hero's journey. Um, and he, Joseph Campbell, created this um, this diagram. Or the hero's journey, and what it is essentially is every narrative, every story, you know, be it a world religion or actual literature, um, kind of follows this this trend and this cycle, and it's a circle. Yeah. And so once you begin the journey, you once you the go all the way around, you're back at the beginning of the journey, but a circle, as we know, does not have a definite beginning or end. Right. And so it is continuous. And so once you reach, you know, point A again, guess what? You go right back in until you come back out. And so a, a, a huge part of it is, you know, being a normal ass dude, having this kind of call to adventure, mm-hmm. um, going into the adventure, uh, having help along the way, and then getting into like the unknown, 
getting into the very bottom, which is referred to by Campbell as the abyss. But once you get to the abyss, it's not that you dwell there, but something in you is changing, is developing, is molding. And when you come out of the abyss, you have come out stronger. Uh, you have come out changed. And so now that you're out and you've been made better, yeah. you come up and you return to your people able and equipped to help them in a way that maybe you weren't able to before. And then guess what? All over again. It's funny because, I mean, it's so easy to identify those points in my life. I'm sure it's the same for you. And yeah. how many times it's happened over and over and over again. And I think some circles you don't want to be in, but like that circle, right? Like it actually feels kind of good to like mm-hmm. when you hit that next kind of guide mentor type person, you're like, oh, yeah. we're doing this again. Like, yeah. or you hit that rough patch again. Oh, we're doing this again. And yeah, because there's been many moments in my life where like, I'm like, I don't know if it could ever get harder than this. And then it gets harder like the next time around. And um, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's that's that's a that's a great thought. I mean. Um, yeah, and and you're right too. Like because this is something that we've dealt with once, and we know it's going to happen again and again. There's also this like eerie comfort, and this you know, you almost welcome the challenge. Yeah. Because you know what's happening because it's happened before and so it's kind of as if and it's not to say that you, you wish this but it's it's kind of as if when you're in the shit you're just like okay do your worst because I'm gonna come out of this Great. yeah I'm gonna come out of it and I'm gonna be in times better yeah. than I was before the problem with this whole hero's journey thing, if we're going to, you know, paint that into the picture, is that there are a lot of people who are probably still, you know, after years and years, probably still in the first cycle, uh, who probably still are looking for that supernatural aid, that, uh, you know, that mentor, that, that person, those people, that tribe, uh, there are a lot of people who are just like stuck in the abyss yeah. and have made themselves comfortable there. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, they don't see a way out. So if I don't see a way out and I don't know how I got in, I may as well dwell here, right? Right. Um, and so you have a lot of that. And I think as men, we have to um, be able to empower other men and you know, women, uh, to, you know, to come out on the other side. And so there may even come a point where you and I become that helper or that aid in somebody else's cycle, in somebody else's journey. 
Like that gentleman that you met at the bar, the anesthesiologist, right? Yeah, yeah. Like someone who's usually older, but not necessarily, right? Can become that person who, like, and maybe they're only in your life for a day, right? But they drop some piece of wisdom, some little nugget of wisdom that allows you into to transcend where you've been before to evolve out of that abyss and into the next version of yourself to be and in so doing in evolving you become more useful to the people around you um yeah i don't know where anything is i'm talking to oh there we go <laughs> um step away no, it's all good, man. Um, yeah, but... Uh, Alright, so if we were... Because, you know, we live in a world where people want to lock things down. If we are going to lock, lock in some, like, key things that, like, are relevant for men, right? Um, I'm feeling... Let's see. That there's a physical component. Right? Yeah. And it's not that everyone needs to be the jacked 285-pound dude or whatever who like can lift a house. It's being able to be physically capable and useful to the yeah. best like and committed to being more and more useful physically, right? Like right. In 5 years from now, I don't want to just be the guy who's able to move the heavy thing from here to there. Right. I want to be able to be the guy like and this is me personally honestly I want to be able to be the guy who can move heavy thing from here to there climb from the ground up and like uh, you know handle a a violent situation physically Mm -hmm. um, to keep the most people safe possible right and um, obviously like physical stuff is important for me um, like that's a super important part for me, but I think it's a relevant piece to the puzzle for most men. Right? Yeah. So, um, and and again, I think it's worth noting for anyone listening that our goal with this episode was not to create a full comprehensive list. No. Um, as a, as much as it was to begin the conversation yeah. and to begin that list, so I think the first thing, even before that, is something that you touched on, that is intentionality. Yep. Number one, men are intentional. Mm-hmm. It is it is not something that falls into your lap. It is something you accept, um, and it is not something you tolerate. It is something that you get to do. Um, you know, that you take full responsibility for. Um, so, men are intentional. Uh, secondly, uh, I, I think that we can we can say that men build. Men are builders. They they build their bodies. Um, they build and hold up um, their families. Um, they build in themselves practices to make themselves better 
mm-hmm. so that they can be the third thing uh, men men what's broken uh, we have that responsibility to our families and to others so we're looking at that hero's journey when we come out on the other side um, and we return to the people with whatever we have yeah. learned whatever strength that we've gained we're able to start mending start you know and and by mending sometimes mending means tearing down and rebuilding yeah. and not tearing down in the sense of I'm going to you know reduce someone or make them feel small no ask them questions that have them help them analyze themselves in a way yeah. that reframes um, their life yeah yeah but I, I think that uh, that is, is, is very important. Um, I think that another thing, and I think that this should be a standalone point, um, men are uh, aware of, accepting of, and in control of their emotions. And I think that all of those, all of those things are... Uh, like they need to be said like you can't just say aware of and in control of Um, like I think all three of those pieces have to be present because there are some real aware in control and what was the third one shit I forgot already Um, they I think accepting of I believe like thanks yeah Um, so you know I was listening to the Sisu Way, um, Traver Boehm, his episode, was which really was really good, like mind blowing. But uh, they were talking about the you know post World War II stoic man, and just kind of how uh, we've created this culture post World War II where men just don't, About. you know, they own their emotions, but they don't show them. And if they do, it's just like a violent thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I think being aware, you know, is one thing. I think those men are aware yeah. of their emotions. But I, what I think is that they're also um, are uh, too in control of those emotions. You know, there's a time and a place... Uh, you have to understand your surroundings. You have to understand uh, that there are various levels to displaying those emotions. Um, but they're there, and they're there for a reason. Yeah. They're not there for you to suppress. When I when I say control, I don't mean suppress. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, control means you um, are able to dictate on what level they are put on display. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, that's the acceptance piece, that I have these things, and they're real, and they're a part of me, and my wife needs to see them, my daughter needs to see them. If my child has never seen me cry, I haven't done them a service. Right. Um, you know, one of my... <laughs> and, and my daughter picks, picks at me for it. Um... But I, I had a, a mental breakdown in front of my daughter one time. Um, 
and she saw me in the thick of it, and she sh- she saw me get it together. Yep. Um, but I wept in front of her, and um, she actually, at three years old, <laughs> uh, brought me one of her stuffed animals to comfort me. There you go. And she jokes on me all the time. She's like, Dad, are you going to cry? Or she'll be like, Dad, are you a sad bear today? <laughs> um, but at the same time, man, like, I wouldn't have traded that for anything because she saw me in all three of those phases. Yeah. Because I don't... And, oh, go ahead. And she saw that I was... Uh, that I, I accepted that part of who I was um, and I didn't hide that away from her Yeah. I also didn't blow up on her right. so again there's the control piece but I didn't shy away from my emotions towards her yeah because I don't think it does much good to um, tell boys or people who are going to become men or whatever to not like men don't cry like I don't think that's a Mm-mm. helpful or healthy manner to operate because what ends up happening I think or I've at least observed and experienced is when you try to do that then eventually they come out and it's more out of your control right like yeah. like you lose if you don't practice like expressing yourself and whatnot then and in an appropriate way, then, well, eventually that bear's coming out, right? Yeah. And it's going to be a bear in a china shop kind of deal, at least for me personally, right? And it, it might not, the thing that brings that emotion out <laughs> probably doesn't require that response. But because uh, we're, some folks operate with fear towards that. Um, yeah. Which brings up another question that I have, but uh, fear towards that, that um, then it just comes out in that way. I want to make one point and then I'm going to ask a question. So what I'm seeing, values, emotions, practice, and process. Those are some of the things that I've pulled out of our conversation so far. Values, intent, emotions, acceptance, awareness, and like... uh, appreciation really and all that stuff you need um, to write down practices the things practice and process are pretty similar right like what do we do to support to build to fix to that sort I, of think, I think one leads to the other and I think that that's um then the question is though um is it okay for men to love and express love just generally speaking like, I think we, like, have this idea that, sure, yeah, men love people, but, like, is it, like, is that okay for for, for men to do? Is that okay? I, I feel like I need a little bit more context. So, like, I'm just, so the idea of love, right, it's an emotion, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people operate, or at least I, I personally operate, where, like, I try to root what I do in love, right? If I were to identify my own values, right, I would 
choose love or as something that I try and operate from in what I'm doing. You can say kind, whatever, however, like, but to express positively care and appreciation and all that stuff towards another human, right? Like to genuinely do that. Is that okay for men? Like, um, not only is it okay, I feel like that should also be expected. Yeah, I agree, um, but I, I was just, yeah. it, was mo- yeah. it was mostly just a question, like, because I know that it's, like, there's vulnerability to being, to, to expressing love, right? There's, there's vulnerability in expressing that emotion, and love yeah. can't, like, it's easier to operate out of fear because fear can be expressed through anger and through aggression and things like that and through combativeness but love requires this vulnerability to accept and to you know I, yesterday when I was I was writing some things down and I was, I was kind of starting to develop my framework my personal framework for what I think um, makes a man um, and the first point that I wrote was that men bear their hearts yeah um, and I had this image in my head of a warrior um, with absolutely no armor on and I was like how badass like this dude you know in my mind this this warrior who goes into battle without uh feeling the need to um shelter or cover his chest his heart uh that doesn't mean you don't protect your heart right you know but at the same time it means that it is exposed right um you know i don't i don't think that there's anything uh more manly and and I mean that in the context of manhood and not attribute, you know, right. like or, you know how we how we how we think of manly today, like it's not it's not like burly bearded man shit. It's manhood manly. Um not what you externally put on display. Um but I, I don't think that there's anything more manly than going into battle, going into your day, going into life, um, and bearing your heart. And um, knowing what's at risk, but also um, putting it all on the line and giving people uh, the love and the kindness that they all deserve, uh, that they and that they also all deserve to see from us, um, even if it comes at some sort of personal risk. Yep, I agree. I I agree, but it, it was just something that um, I know there like some folks operate from the perspective like I don't say I love you, I don't like because to do that, you know, exposes yourself, it, like, makes you vulnerable, and, and I know, like, obviously, 
C.C. Way talks about vulnerable, being vulnerable as strength and that sort of thing, right? But I, uh, you know, we hadn't talked about it yet, and so I just wanted to put that question out there because I think it's, um, and like I've run into similar things with students uh, that I've had in the past where, for whatever reason, um, they they did not want to make themselves vulnerable to that right and maybe that was had to do with how their parents operated maybe whatever right but vulnerability is a thing that makes people uncomfortable but when it comes to being a man i think it's and maybe that's the same thing as intent and maybe that's the same thing as like um values and whatnot and gratitude like if that's the place you start from right yeah if that's the place you start from, you're able to, um, you're able to do so much more than you would possibly be able to if you were afraid to, if you walked around with three, um, bulletproof vests on, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know... Well, that's a beautiful, like, illustration, too. I mean, let's revisit for just a moment uh, the unarmored uh, warrior. Say I think that's two, a beautiful image. I think. Say, say you have two two warriors go into battle. Yeah. Then doesn't have any, any armor on, and the other is wearing this clanky, you know, armor all yeah. over. Which of those two men do you look at as fearless exactly i mean who has more courage who is more brave who like and who probably is operating from a place of love right which i mean and because love drives out fear yeah and like there's very real reasons why some folks have to wear armor right yeah. like like uh like scott goes to work Wears right. a vest. I'm, I'm I'm assuming he wears a vest because every police officer I've ever worked with wears a vest, even if it's like underneath like a polo, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I understand why, but I also and, and not to like make myself sound any sort of way, but like I when I have previously gone into those sorts of situations, which I'm hoping, I'm praying that this new position, I don't have to do that as often, and you know they don't get as dangerous. But when I've gone into those situations that were violent, without that sort of thing, like I'm wearing what I'm wearing right now, I'm wearing whatever I have on that day, and I'm going in open arms to just hug whoever. Literally, that that's my tactic every time, right? I'm going to hug the first person that I can get my arms on that I like want to know that like someone who loves and trusts like you who loves you and who you can trust is trying to remove you from this dangerous situation right that it it does something for the people who witness that kind of absolutely as opposed to the person who comes in armored with a more like outwardly aggressive kind of thing I agree but I completely agree it's just I mean it, 
you could use any example that doesn't include me, but that was just one that like I've experienced where uh, you know the the visual I think for people I hope right because when Anthony says a warrior <laughs> without um, armor, I have a very clear image in my head right of someone going into war, literal war without any armor on you carry yourself different right yeah. you, you have to yes you have to be mindful of your chest but you also have to operate in a different way yeah. right you can't just say i'm not the hulk right i can't just take bullets off the chest right if bullets yeah. are flying you need to operate differently <laughs> and, and it changes your your deal um dope all right, dude. I mean, what do we have any other thoughts for today? Because we have been recording for an hour and 25 minutes. Well, I, I think that this is a, a comfortable place to uh, to park. To park on and, love, I think. And then maybe, you know, pick back up there the next time we revisit this conversation. Definitely. Because I think that there's still a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, there's some fine-tuning and, and, and stuff, but... Uh, I think that we're making some good headway. Yeah, I mean, if there, if you have any final thoughts, like for sure, I'm not trying to cut it off. I just no, no, you're good, man. Um, yeah, so I mean, for for any of our listeners, I think those are uh, those are the things that right now we feel help to make men. And that doesn't mean that doesn't also contribute to, you know, sound womanhood. But we're we're speaking from a particular context. Yeah. Because we we don't we, have that. Yeah, we are men, um, and we can only account for ourselves. I I refuse to tell a woman who she needs to be, mm-hmm. but I will. Uh, you know, especially after conversations like these, I will um, gladly express to men how to be better men. Um, because you and I have both gone through multiple cycles on the hero's journey. We've come out on the other side multiple times. And uh, I dare say we're kind of both in our own uh, abyss yeah. right now. Right. Trying to come back out on the other side. Right. And when we do, it's robbery for us not to come back to the people and equip them with the same tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're here for. That's what this conversation is for. It, literally, and, uh, the point of it. I yes, think... is to make these things clear so that uh, we can equip you to equip others and we can equip ourselves to do the same. 100%. All right, Anthony. Um, Folks, you can find Anthony at Anthony Fisher on the Instagrams. You can find his website. Let me get it. Let me get it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Now I just completely lost it. The middle... Middle grounded the mid, Middlegroundedblog.wordpress.com. Yeah, yeah if, if, if you find me on Instagram, you can click it in It'll the be there. profile. And Anthony's new podcast, Middle Grounded, will be soon up. Well, is it on Anchor? It's on Anchor. It's on Anchor, and he's working on it, the other stuff. It's distributed now, so as soon as it gets approved, 
uh, you will know. Yeah, um, Apple takes a couple days on that. Yeah, it's it's already on Stitcher. I'm just waiting on uh, on Apple. Um, and yeah, you'll be able to listen to it. It'll be you know probably about fifteen to thirty minutes long, depending on the subject matter um, and the volume of questions. But yeah. Yep. And I'm Tyler Fleming. You can find me at Tyler Clark Fleming, TylerCFleming.com. And uh, Fear Rock is uh, coming. There is an episode posted on a random Google site that only Anthony has a link to. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure if you searched hard enough, you could find it. It will soon, because I'm going to set up one of those anchor deals, it'll soon be on anchor and all that other stuff. As well as the de- dead man's will probably start to be on that because Anthony's a genius and figured out a way for us to do this for free. Which I guess to kind of close things out, um, neither one of us are balling out of control. <laughs> um, we're we're very much you know around the age of thirty and yeah. with young families trying to uh, do yeah, things better. Yeah, and and trying to provide for our kids and all that stuff. And you would think that making a podcast would not be that expensive. But as time has shown, when all the bills come due, this is going to be the last one that I pay. And so um, we are working creatively to, one, find free and reduced um, options to get this out to you and to continue to provide it. Um, and two, we're slowly working on kind of an effort to improve the show uh, as yeah. far as audio goes, as far as providing um, things that you all can purchase to, and ways that you all can become a part of the Dead Man's Coffee Club so that there's a bit more of a community. Who knows, there might be actual coffee one day. Um, but, you know, definitely some of yeah. the, like, the the general merchandise will eventually be available. We are working on it, um, and we appreciate the probably now point five of you who have stayed with us since the beginning. And when we went into the off season without announcement, um, which I will announce today, just so that people know. Dope. And uh, again, this will soon. I'll I'll we'll figure out how to get this up on anchor and all that jazz so that uh you all can start listening again as the off season rolls into season numero dos thank you sir hey thank you have a wonderful day folks all right now bye-bye